Hello and welcome to another episode of the Road to Success podcast. My name is Maddie Lovell. Thank you so much for joining me today as I chat with Silver Fern, Jane Watson. Hey, Jane Watson, thank you so much for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's a busy life, obviously, with children and teams and training and netball and life. And so <laughs> I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come and uh, come and chat today. No worries. So, look, I think it would be kind of good to um, sort of start at the start, you know, from, you know, obviously, you know, you and I know each other a little bit, but uh, it'd be good to understand where you came from. And I've done a bit of research, obviously, and it, it sounds like um, you were sort of a, grew up as a farm girl. Is that right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, a farm girl. Um, we, I was actually born in Christchurch um, and mum and dad had a farm in Banks Peninsula. Um, and then when I was about four, we moved away from there down to a little place out of Timaru called Cave on another farm, um, which was, I guess, where I grew up mainly um, and what I remember. Um, yeah, and then moved again to another farm when I was like maybe 11 and a half down south to a little, little place called Miller's Flat. And yeah, that was kind of my farm, farm growing up. Yeah. I've lived in the South Island 90% of my life and I hadn't heard of either of those two places. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty, pretty small towns. And, um, you know, was it like, did you get, were you into sport from a, from a really young age? Yeah, uh, yes, I was. I love football. Um, I think because my brother Alex, he played it, and I just ended up playing it. Um, but I was just always outside, running around with the animals. Yeah, doing something, building huts, climbing up something. Yeah, um, yeah. Like most Kiwi kids, probably right. Yeah, yeah. totally. I actually read that um, the reason you got into netball was because you couldn't find a football team. Was that right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, true. So mum was, yeah, it was mum's fault. No. <laughs> um, so when we went to Miller's Flat, um, yeah, there was no football team there that I could play in. So mum said, you know, why don't you play netball, get to know the girls, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, you know, pretty good advice. Yeah, yeah. Can't say I enjoyed it all that much, but I did towards the end, that's for sure. Yeah. And so tell me about your sort of journey with netball from, from that age. Obviously, you know, in Miller's Flat or where it is you're playing, like there's probably you know, there's probably one team and you're just sort of starting off. Like talk me through about sort of, I guess, when you realised that you probably had a bit of ability in it. Yeah, to be honest, I can't remember heaps of it. Um, Like I know we played in Miller's Flat, but I also remember playing in Alexandra. Um, We also went to Gore and played in Gore as well. So I feel like there was some sort of little rep team that I made. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the name of it was. Yeah. Um, and then I went to boarding school at St. Kevin's College in Omaru, mm-hmm. um, played there, got in the A-teams. Um, but I think like most people or most good people, um, they make like the secondary schools team, all that jazz. But I was never, that was never sort of me. I did make sort of North Otago reps. And then when like in seventh form, when it got quite busy, um, I had to travel to Dunedin for netball as well. So I ended up playing some sort of, I don't know, maybe under 19s or something um, during that year as well. So I sort of had to stop basketball, stop doing anything else because it was just yeah, way too busy. Um, probably started enjoying it around fifth form when I probably started getting better at it. Um, yeah, but 
I can't remember that much more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, like, obviously you're playing in high school, you're sort of making a few rep teams. So you weren't making the national teams at that age? Is that what you, that you mean? No, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, when did you realise that you're actually quite good? I mean, obviously you're, you're good, but, you know, like when was the like – you continue making rep teams through high school? Like, mm. uh, you know, are you even at this stage in your life, say you're sort of towards the end of high school, are you even considering that netball is going to be a, a career option for you? Nah, no, I'm not. Um, I still didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was tossing up between going to Lincoln Uni um, and doing sport and rec or going to Dunedin and doing like a, I don't know, some sport degree down there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I ended up getting a netball scholarship to Lincoln, so that kind of made my choice for me. Um, And I guess we played, we did really well at Lincoln. Um, We pretty much made the finals, if not won, every year we were there. I was there, I probably played about eight years. Um, I, during that time I was in sort of reps and things for Canterbury, but I still, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was never like, I'm just, I want to be a netballer. I'm going to be a netballer. It's, that wasn't really the case. It was more like, man, I've got to get my study done. Cause I think the good thing at Lincoln is to keep your scholarship. You have to pass your degree. Like you have to pass your papers Mm -hmm. to keep your scholarship and you have to keep training and you have to keep getting better at that as well. So Like by the end of my degree, um, there's probably only a couple of us left, to be honest, because, you know, a lot of people couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely challenging. Um, what did you study? Sport and rec oh, management. Yeah. 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 Did you enjoy it? Did I enjoy it? Um, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. I still, so after that, I ended up doing a primary school teaching degree. Yeah. Because um, I just didn't know what I wanted to do still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. But I I, I, I'm actually a teacher by trade as well. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Nice. And then, um, I taught for three days. After I finished, and then I was—I didn't think I was going to give it up. I was like, "Look, I was probably a bit young to keep." Like I was like nineteen or something. Three I, days. I, no, I, yeah. no, no, twenty. I was twenty years old, yeah. and I taught for three days. And it wasn't like I did like just some filling and relief stuff. And then I was like, "Oh well, um, you know, it's, I felt really young on the inside, you know, because you're like mm. nineteen or twenty years old when you graduate." Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was going to go into high schools, and there's like seventeen-year-olds at high school, sort of thing. So, yeah. um. Yeah, I decided that probably. <laughs> I thought I'd always come back. I never have gone back to it. I don't yeah. think I will, but I didn't um, didn't intend to do three yeah, years for three days. But I think I was actually talking to my last guest. I think that um, whether you use a degree or not, I don't know whether degrees are worth it. I guess it probably depends on the person. But I think that you learn other things about life when you're there. Mm. Like, you know, you go to university and, you know, all of a sudden for you, like you're trying to balance like mm. the you have to perform in, in the classroom as well as, you know, on the on the netball court in order to stay there, right? Mm. And those are sort of things that you don't normally get in like high school. You're managing your time and your energy and your effort and what you're doing. And um, so, you know, whether you end up using it or not. Do you think you'll go back to teaching? Is that something that you I don't know. To? I um well, because when I – so I sort of started – playing netball because there was an injury in the tactics and so I got pulled in and um, started playing from there. So my teaching was always six months. So I'd play netball for six months, teach for six months and I feel like 
oh, it's probably been about seven years now since I've really done relieving yeah. um, at all. So, oh, so you were, you, were, you did far better than me. You were doing, I you did. Actually, I you got my taught. registration, oh, wow, but it, it took ages because, yeah. you know, I was only doing those, I'd yeah. get a fixed term for two terms because yeah. um, I wasn't going to get a full-time job when I couldn't commit to the whole year yes. and things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did do it for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, um, wow. And I did enjoy it. I yeah. really did. I loved the deci- uh, low decile schools. Yeah. That was real my passion. Why um, is it like that? I just love the kids and I love the challenge of the kids. Yeah. Um, and I loved that I could make a difference to kids that didn't want to be in the classroom, which ended up wanting to be in the classroom, you mm. know. Um, I just thought it was, yeah, it was real cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you'd be a great teacher. And I think, you know, I, even though I can just tell you when you ask you that question, how you just lit <laughs> up about it, right? You know, like you're clearly very passionate about yeah. that. And I think in teaching, like you have to be passionate, right? Because, I mean, like anything probably, but... You know, it's the passion that really makes teachers go the extra mile to deliver the stuff to the kids that really makes a difference, right? Yeah, and it's hard work, man. It's definitely hard work. And it's not for everyone, like, to deal with kids or, you know, behaviour management and the whole lot, really. That's not just teaching kids. It's, mm. There's so much more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just parenting's difficult, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let alone actually trying to impart knowledge at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're playing at Lincoln and you, you you said that you you got a call up to come and fill in the tactics. Was that sort of out of the blue or were you sort of... Of like, hey, I'm, I'm um, probably in the running here. Uh, to be honest, my memory is terrible, but I feel like because I was playing sort of age group stuff, I was in the mix of things. Yeah. Like I played NPC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't even know how that happens. You know, you sort of just get looked at, you get yeah. asked to trial, you get, yeah, everything else just sort of falls yeah. into place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I feel like most of my selections for, for tactics and silver ferns have been through someone else's injury. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's an interesting one. But I guess it's part and parcel. Like it, probably most people would say the same, right? It's like yeah. I listened to a podcast yesterday with uh, with Sivu Reese, and 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 he was saying that the, the only reason he got picked for the Crusaders was because Israel Dag mm. was retiring, you right. know, and and all might have been an injury, but I guess that's sort of how it happens, right? Yeah, like it must opportunities have just come up. Yeah, 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 yeah. and um, so you you sort of make the tactics, but you you were sort of in and out doing six months since the teaching and then and then playing for six months. Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So your contracts really only well they they sort of stretch them out the year, but you're really only required for the six months. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And so once once I actually made the silver ferns, um so I actually had a job fixed term for the the rest of the year. Teaching. This was two thousand and sixteen, yeah. yeah. And then, well, I had to get a job because I didn't know if I was going to yeah. be, you never know if you're going to make ferns or not yeah. really. Um, so I got this job and then I found out I was going to be in the silver ferns and I was like, oh dear. <laughs> because I honestly was outside of the classroom more than I was in it mm-hmm. um, because the commitments to silver ferns in that second half of the year are just so full on that you have to, yeah, you can't be around really. Yeah. Um, and then trying to fit in two training sessions after a full day's teaching, mm. it was just, yeah, it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, so the following year, I actually, that's when I didn't teach. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a tricky time to navigate, I guess, isn't it? Mm. Because that's sort of, I mean, lots of professional sports people are probably in a, a similar um, position. It's sort of like, right, do I, you know, in the middle, like, try, you need money to live and mm. pay rent and buy food and stuff. But at the same time, you you need to be pretty 
um, dedicated to yeah. your craft to, and and the fact that an opportunity could come up with a moment's notice that you really have to be able to take that might mean sacrificing other things. Like uh, when you're in the tactics at that stage, what, is, it, is it paid? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely gone up. So our minimum retainer and thing, they've shifted a, a little bit. Mm. <laughs> um, but when you're just starting out, you're yeah. obviously down the bottom. Yeah. Um, and you need to be working and you, or you might be studying at the same time. Yeah. Um, like I'm really lucky now that I'm at a point where I can just play netball for the mm. tactics and the silver ferns mm. and be fine. Yeah. Um, but like so many of the girls are still trying to work part time um, or studying and fitting everything else around that. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that. Like, oh, is that normal? Like, I don't know. Like, is, is it? Is it a? Um, is there disparity in, in in pay between male and female? I mean, obviously, males don't play ne- a professional netball. Is there? Is there a professional netball males team? Or the, they, no, not yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Like, is it? Um, like, I don't know. I've never been a professional sports person. Um, but you know, like, I, I think like like none of the Crusaders, for example. I don't think they work mm. like I think um I had um Dr. Farah Palmer on here on the podcast yeah. and do you know her she don't was, know her yeah so she um she captains the women's rugby New Zealand black ferns oh. um she chose the name the black ferns like she was like yeah, the right. the godmother of like New Zealand rugby because it's the Farah Palmer cup yeah 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 right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's named after her yeah. yeah and so she like the like they've won like five World Cups, I think, mm. Black Ferns, but no one really knows. Like, mm. you know, everyone just knows that the, the all blacks have won a couple. Yes. And so she was sort of talking about it as well. And she was just saying that, you know, a lot of her journey was about the professionalization of, of women's sport. That was she was really passionate about mm. that. Um, because it was just that was more of a direct comparison, I guess, because there were, you know, like she said, like there were you know, all the black ferns, you know, representing New Zealand were all working full-time jobs, mm. like full-time. And like yeah. it just seems like a, you know, working a full-time job and trying to do anything else is hard, yeah, you know, totally. like whether it's, you know, trying to play a sport, even recreationally, right, you want to play in a social touch team. Yeah, it can be t- it in, tough. Yeah. It's tough. So did you find that tough or was the, I guess, the nature of the ability to be able to, do relief teaching might have been quite a good sort of mix for you. Yeah, it definitely it's definitely tough. Just the energy to then go and train mm. and fit it all in is really hard. Um and I think like from uni, I was probably quite used to being able to try and fit everything in. So I was my time management was already quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you just have to make choices as well, you know, like living in the halls as well. You've got all those people having parties down the hallway, um, but you just have to make those choices about what you want and, mm-hmm. you know, what you do with your life, I guess. So did you, did you have to miss out on a lot of stuff at uni to prioritise? Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And I probably, um, I just chose myself like, am I going to do this or am I going to do this? And I just made that choice. Um, and, yeah, do I regret it now? I don't know. Yes and no. Like it would have been cool to be able to live it up a little bit more, you know, um, have that time. Um, but at the same time, I might not be where I am today without what I chose. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really hard one. Yeah, it is. And, and you can never change the past, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? um, but, like, were you making that sacrifice because you believed that you had an opportunity in netball? Deep down, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. I was just, I'm quite like a, um, 
I, I'm quite driven and like whatever I set my mind to, I'm just going to do it regardless. Um, and so if I'm if I'm playing netball for whatever team, then I'm just going to go hard and I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I wasn't going to give up my degree and things knowing that I need a plan B because mm-hmm. I might get injured, I might not make it, I mm. might be on the bench for 10 years, you know, like yeah. you just have to make sure that you've got something behind you or else, you know, you 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 just one day you might stop and then you've got nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's an interesting point in itself because that's the one thing about professional sport, right, which is very different to say like an say a normal person like me, like sort of getting a job, right? It's yeah. like all your eggs are kind of in one basket, right? Like you're pushing really, really hard for something and it can be – the opportunity can be lost through absolutely no fault of your own, right? Mm. You know, like there could be an accident, an injury or, you know, someone who plays your exact position could come through and be mm. the best that anyone's ever seen. It's so nothing, through, nothing to do with your effort or control mm. but for some reason you've sort of – you know, the opportunity that you thought was gone. I guess there's probably lots of people that it happens to, right? Oh, 100%. And it might even be, you know, the coach of the team this year mm. might not want you. They might want somebody else. Yeah. You know, it might come down to one person's decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, so your life's, you're a little bit in limbo, but yeah, that's, yeah. I guess, that's why you have to have something else and you can't just be, oh, my God, netball's my everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's sort of... Yeah, and I, I guess that that sort of idea having sort of, I mean, it's like a plan, like you said, plan B, but it's sort of like, um, I mean, I guess it sounds like you managed it well. Do you think that having a plan B means that you can't be as focused on plan A as you could be? Potentially, but now has come the time where I can spend everything on plan A yeah. because I've got that behind me. Yeah. So I guess you've got to, there, there's always going to be a balance, but I know some girls who have been chosen young and have just played netball mm. and now they're coming to the, you know, they may have come to the end or not been chosen for whatever reason and now they're like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Now I have to go and study, yeah. um, you know, yeah. older. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, it's not a – I mean, some people, there's there's different, but so, so many – so many people can go into commentary, right, or media, or mm. those sort of few, um, you know, and it's not a very transferable skill. Mm. Is it, you know, like if you're really good at netball or rugby or whatever yeah. it is, it's not like you can take that into like, <laughs> no. uh, you know, uh, another job and be like, hey, look, I'm, I've never done this before, I but I'm really good at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a really transferable skill. Mm. Um, but, yeah, uh, t- tell me about when – you made the silver ferns, like when you had, like found that out. Was that like a? Like, do you have any? Pin- you sort of talking about it quite <laughs> colloquially, like really, like just like, oh, I did this, and oh, then I was in the silver ferns, and yeah. I was in this. But like, <laughs> like that's kind of been your life, and it's it's really cool. But you know, were there some moments along the road that you were like, far out? This is awesome. Um. Yeah. I, it's funny. I'm like, what do I mean? I'm not. I'm not a real emotional person, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't get real excited over a lot of things, you mm-hmm. know, like some people be like, oh my God, like whatever, top of the world. Um, with the Silver Ferns, it was funny because myself and Jess Moulds, um, we pretty much went, we were playing NZA at the time. Um, and so we just had like a week camp pretty much. And we were playing. Um, just lead-in games for the Ferns. We played against them. We played against, oh, it must have been England and Aussie as well. 
And so our little NZA team come along and we were in camp and we actually pretty much, I'm pretty sure we bet everybody um, as our camp. Like wow. it was, yeah, it was real cool. Like it was a yeah. great vibe. We were we were having a really good time. But like halfway through the week, um, one of the ferns got injured and so Jess and I played defence um, and we both got asked to go into a training. So we pretty much knew it was either going to be her or me mm-hmm. that are going to make it. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that's why it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And I guess the ferns at the time weren't in a real amazing space because mm-hmm. um, obviously teams go through, you know, phases. Um, so to be honest, we were just like, man, if you make it, I'm going to be really happy for you. Like, go on, it's fine. Yeah. Um you know, we were really enjoying NZA, so we kind of didn't want to leave that space, yeah. which is which is a, a weird thing because, you know, everybody wants to be playing for the Silver Ferns. But I think at the time, yeah, it was a, it was a really funny space. Mm. Um, and then that night or something like that, yeah, I think I got called up and told that I'd be leaving NZA camp, going into Ferns camp um, by the next morning. And I was like... Oh, like I went, you know, saw Jess, talked about it and all that stuff. So it wasn't like a, I don't know. Yeah. 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 It was an interesting space. Do so you like, do you text your mum and be like, hey, mum? Oh, I'm like- pretty, yeah. <laughs> I would have told them. I surely would have. No, I would have. Um, yeah. I don't wow. know. That's it's funny. Cool. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, like, like again, it's, I've never had that phone call myself. <laughs> but, you know, like it's yeah. sort of, I guess, you know, when you watch like movies and stuff, like it plays it out that you're sort of like this is, and the Americans do it really well, right? They yeah, yeah. All their families sitting around and they do the draft <laughs> and then like the phone rings yeah. and they're all dressed up in their suits and stuff. And um, obviously your reality is a bit more low key, <laughs> <laughs> no cameras. Yeah. Just. I mean, sometimes I do wonder, I'm like, maybe if we were different culturally, we would celebrate things a lot more and it would be real, well, not that it's not special, but it would be that, you know, sense of tingles and mm. like, yeah, and there's definitely be moments of that. Um, I know winning World Cup, that was massive for us mm. and that was probably one of my – or it is one of my highlights. Yeah, and so you got emotional there yeah, in some way. Yeah, <laughs> I did, I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just – it was real special and it was just hard work and everything was – I like not growing right but everything just – was yeah. and it was just a real cool feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet um, when you, um, uh, like, obviously you're you're very. I'm not stoic, the right word, but you sort of, you know, you, you sort of. Did you feel like this was going to happen? Like, you know how sometimes you've got like a gut instinct, and you said yeah. like, I wasn't really. I was excited to get the call up, but. It's kind of to me, listening to you tell that, it's kind of like in your head you were like, it's just a matter of time until this happens. Nah, it's not something that I'd always expect. Mm-hmm. And I don't, even now I'm like, shit, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's going to happen? Because yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. Um, and like, even when I was in the mix, I then got dropped and didn't make com games. Mm-hmm. You know, like things always happen. Um, so you can't ever take anything for granted. Yeah. Um, it's funny though, because like when I do remember playing my debut for Ferns mm-hmm. and like that was real cool. Like, and I remember that. Um, and I actually got maybe it was like half a game, which was, you know, that was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you don't expect those things. So yeah. that was real, real exciting. Um, yeah. 
Do you do you keep your dress or anything from that day? Like like, <laughs> like um, are you not emotional? Oh You're just gosh. like, no, throw that away. Okay, so there's been uh, okay, so I've got three dresses framed. So the first one is my steel dress when we won the premiership. Mm-hmm. My second dress is the our World Cup dress that we won. Mm-hmm. And my third dress, Tactics gave me, I'm sure Tactics gave it to me for when I played 100 games mm-hmm. um, for the Tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But everything else is just. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's, I don't know. By sound, sounds like you, like not very, some people are the opposite, right? Like, yeah. Like I know people that keep far more, less significant things. Yeah. You know, it's funny because my dad actually has, I just give all my medals to them, mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I think I've got one in my wardrobe that I'll probably need to get to them. But I've got everything. Mum actually got my medal framed as well. Um, put it up in a nice wee <laughs> frame with a picture of me as well. Um, yeah. But that's still at their house. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. Like um, <laughs> my parents are the opposite. My parents are trying to. I'm trying to leave stuff at their house, and they're trying to give it all back to me, mm. which I don't want. Um, but. Oh, yeah, fair call. None of them are uh, none of them are World Cup gold medals <laughs> or anything like that. Um, has that seems like a pretty sort of common theme almost for you? You know, this sort of like this idea that you're sort of I don't know. Like it's 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 not it's no there's no judgment. I'm just saying it's quite interesting. You're sort of like quite sort of I don't know in the moment. Like you sort of not that I don't know. Like have you always sort of felt like that? Were you sort of the same as a young person? Um, yeah, I guess I'm just not too bothered with like material things like that as mm. such. Um, yeah, it just doesn't bother me. Um, I'd rather just the memory, just yeah, and just be like whatever's happening at the moment, like this is life now, like yeah. just yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, cool. And so, like, you know, you've alluded to a few things then, but you know. You've you've gone. I've got a few highlights here, which I've sort of distilled down. There's plenty more, but you you captain the tactics of two grand finals. You won the ANZ Premiership and Super Club titles in 2017. You were the Premiership Player of the Year in 2017 and 2020. You won a Netball World Cup in 2019. 100 games for the tactics, 56 caps for the Silver Ferns, um, and you were named included in the list of the 25 best players to feature in netball since 1998. <laughs> like, like it's quite a. That's quite a list of achievements. Do yeah. you, like, I don't even think you reflect on that. I was going to no. ask you, do you reflect back on that? But I don't think you do. No, I should probably get that list and put it somewhere <laughs> so I don't forget <laughs> what I've done. Yeah. I for, I do forget, though, like, there's been a lot. Um, and I guess it just shows that I've been playing for a long time now. Mm. Um, yeah, and you do. You forget and you, I guess you should think about and celebrate those things more. But, yeah, I guess life just goes by and the next thing comes along. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, like, I'm sure you celebrated all those at the time, right? Mm. Like, I'm sure you sort of yeah. you enjoy the moment <laughs> of the winning the World Cup or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, it's quite a admirable way to – like I'm sort of in a way jealous because I'm not like that at all. Like I'm very <laughs> – like I'm very nostalgic. I'm very <laughs> connected to, you know, like – Got all these little knickknacks behind me that are from like cool times in yeah. my life, and I hold on to it. And nah. in some ways, I'm envious that you can sort of just sort of go, "Oh yeah, that's cool. That's done. You know, on to the next one." Yeah, you know, it's quite a cool way to be. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but then if I was different, who knows? Yeah. yeah. What's the result of that been like? I mean, you're very down to earth. You're very sort of grounded, but like, 
yeah, that list of achievements would almost give you the right not to be in a weird way. You know, like what's it been like as a, a person, you know, that sort of grew up on a small farm in New Zealand? Like you, you're probably one of, if not New Zealand's most sort of prolific netball players. You know, like since... I, I, if I'm honest, personally, I didn't didn't follow a lot of netball, and then mm. I met you and your family, <laughs> and then sort of, um, you know. So, but now I just seem to hear your name everywhere. Like it's it's sort of like the Jane Watson's tactics, or like Watson led the ferns to this, and then like, you know, maybe I just see that because I know you yeah, now, and I, sort maybe, of, I yeah. look for it. But like, it seems like the result of all that is that you've become, you know, a really well known person, which is coming from a small farm and mm-hmm. a place that. You know, a lot of people haven't heard of. Like, yeah. what's that been like? Yeah, I'm. What's it been like? It's funny because you do get reminded of it, like out in the community. All of a sudden, you'll see or somebody will come up to you, and the least person you'd expect to be watching netball, like an older person or something, saying, you know, something about my netball or fantastic to see you back or something like that. And it's like, oh, you just don't know how many people actually do watch you um, and look up to you, I guess, and and the impact that you do make on others. Mm. And it's it's until people say things like that or, you know, that do come up to you um, that it, then you're like, oh, man, okay, that is like, I don't know, it's a really cool thing that you can make – such an impact upon people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, you know, it's it's probably a again, it's never <laughs> never happened to me, but it's quite a bizarre, you know, uh, you know, because you're in your world, right? You sort of you sort of do your thing, you go to work, you do your job. It just happens that 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 job is is filmed, and and there's mm. a lot of profile that becomes that, and and then you know you go out to I don't know, the supermarket or wherever, and a little girl runs up to you and and wants a photo or something like yeah. like are you, are you, do you get used to that? Yeah, yeah, you're so used to it because yeah. it is, it's just your life. Yeah, um, I think that's why if for me it's been really important to make sure that I'm Jane and I'm not just a netballer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've got my teaching and I was a teacher. Um, you know, now I've got a daughter, so I'm a mum and I love that, you know. I've got a dog, I've got a cat, I've got mm-hmm. a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just love that and I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard because the public do just see you as a netballer mostly um, and sometimes you just don't want to talk about netball. You know, you want people, if you meet someone, I love it when I'm out. I might meet someone, just get talking about whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe towards the end it might come up or it might not even come up at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually love that, (laughs) that people don't know me. Um, It's it's a nice, yeah, I guess break, um, which is really nice as well. It's quite an interesting distinction you talk about that, you know, you're not a netballer, you're a person that you're Jane that plays netball, mm. right? And I've heard uh, I've heard rugby players say the same thing. I had um Tim Bateman, he, mm. he a rugby player, and he talked about it a number of times and he was given the advice from I think it was Comrade Smith and he's like, I'm not um I'm not Tim the rugby player, I'm Tim that chooses to play rugby right mm. now. And I guess that's, you know, it's it's really wise because your identity can get quite wrapped up in what you do, right? You know, like if that's how you think, you know, and and as we talked about before, it, it can be taken away from you through no fault of your own, injury, selection, personal relationships, whatever. Mm. And and if you your identity is too far wound into what you do, then that happens, and you go, 
who, what's my life's finished? Yeah, you know, who like, am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who am I? Yeah, yeah, a bizarre thing. Is that something that you've learned or been taught, or it's just been obvious for mm. you? I think I've probably more learned it. Um, I think now there's programs within netball that are more supportive of or trying to get people to have other things outside of netball. So I think we're, we've really shifted in that space because that wasn't available to us before. But mm-hmm. now, yeah, people are, you know, we've got Athlete Life, we've got a Kimi Here program that, you know, supports athletes. They'll have financial workshops, they'll have... Um, you know, woman workshops to know about ourselves because, you know, as a female sport, we should be educated around things like that, but we aren't as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a real big push for that at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, if we need help with study, if we need work experience, they'll put us in the right connections, yeah. you know, with the people who can help us with that. Um, so that's been a massive shift, but it still is, you know, the push and the growth of that needs to keep keep growing. Yeah. And that sounds like it's relatively new, right? And I mm. think it's in, in most sports it's relatively new. They're mm. sort of like, you know, professional sport historically has sort of been like, right, we need to milk as much out of you as you can while you're able to mm. perform at a high level and then once you're finished it's sort of like, thank you, next. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing, the player pathway after when you, when you are finished, there isn't really one. Um, so I think trying to set that stuff up while you're in the game you know, is it's been really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's great to hear. Why do you think you've done so well? You know, like it's a it's a tough question because as Kiwis, right, we don't like talking about us doing well. But yeah, you have to look at it from the outside and be like, you know, you have, however you define success, you know, you've done well. You know, like you're representing your country, you've got a significant list of achievements. You know, whether you can recall them all or not is one thing. But you know, like. Mm. You know, like what, what do you think it is that's that's made you get to where you are? Um, I don't know. Like my parents, they weren't ever parents to push, push, push. You know, they'd always support me, take me wherever I need to go. Um, it's funny because even what I was doing, my dad would always be like, imagine if you went for a run every day. <laughs> How good would you be then? And I'm like, oh, I hate running. <laughs> Not for me. Um, but, you know, they were always so supportive of me. Um, yeah, I guess there's definitely been a few experiences in my life that have knocked me back, um, like massive personal ones. Um, for example, my partner actually passed away a number of years back. Um, and I think it probably made me grow up quite fast. Um, and I guess it changed my perspective of how I actually live life in the moment mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So I think it's, yeah, like everything that's happened to me ha- would have um, helped me in some way, whether it was good or bad. Um, but I guess... I believe that everything happens for a reason. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, after my partner did pass away, I got really sick and then time off netball and then back to netball. Yeah, lots of yeah. things. Um, <laughs> like I think, you know, adversity is a um, – we look at it maybe a bit wrong. You know, it's sort of – overcoming adversity gives you like another sheath to your armour almost, mm. you know, and it's sort of like – I find that a lot of successful people, at least that I've spoken to, have been through some tough challenges. Mm. And, you know, whether it is, uh, um, you know, some like 
um, I had John Plato on, a really successful commercial businessman, entrepreneur, operator, um, and just had a really, really tough childhood. Like mm. went through some really tough stuff, but as you know, came out the other side in a in a tremendous. You know, he's a tremendous guy, a, a great father, and um, you know, very successful in a commercial sense. And there's a lot of people that have had that, and I think that, you know, at the time we're often like, "Why did this have to happen to me? This is so frustrating, mm. or this is this is so sad, or this is so tough." But when you get the opportunity of hindsight, you actually look back and you realise that if certain things hadn't happened, you'd never wish it on anyone. But if it hadn't happened, you might not be mm. where you are today. Yeah, like I might have made different choices. Mm. Um, and I think too with that, um, the way I handled things after that as well, like I'm someone who just kept busy and just did things and committed to mm. things I think as well. Like I just, I didn't want to sit moping around like that wasn't going to do me any good. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, the way I did move on um, was to be busy and to be, you know, commit to things and do things and mm. just keep going. Yeah. And I think I probably still do that a bit much now. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going. But yeah. yeah, being able to, I guess, um, understand yourself. I think I've done a lot of growth around myself and who I am as well. And I think that's really important. I think people should do it. Um, and I don't think enough people do. Um, what does that look like? I think I think you're dead right, but to say understand yourself mm, is one thing, you know. It's but it's quite a. It's a, massive. What's what's it, what's that meant for you? I think playing netball probably helped as well. Being really aware of myself and how I am, not only myself but how I am to others. You know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How do I react? Um, yeah, being able to receive feedback, how you communicate with people. I think teaching probably helped me with that as well. Um, you know, you can't just I'm I'm a real straight up and direct and people know that about me, but you you also can't approach that you can't come into some go to some person with that same approach. They might need to be, you know, questioned differently or talked to differently. Um yeah. Like I went through a phase of journaling, um, to be honest, since baby, I haven't done any journaling, mm. any reading, any, any of anything else mm -hmm. really. Um, but I'm actually all right with that as well. Um, cause I've sort of had battles in my head, you know, I need to start this. Should I start this? Um, but I'm actually okay. I've, I've made it fine. Um, that it's that I don't do it right now, mm -hmm. um, and you know maybe I'll get there in the future again. But at the moment, the time's not right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a difficult. Like, is, is that is that stuff that has been encouraged with you through netball, or is that something you've sort of done of your own accord? That sort of mm. looking into who you are and how you operate and how you think and what suits you. I think there's. Um, I think a little bit. Maybe netball has helped a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, we always receive feedback, and you know, we have to think about ourselves and our goals and what we are good at and what our weaknesses are and things like that. Um. I've just probably thought about it more. Um. The more I've been around, the more I've experienced. Um. My partner Santana, he actually got me onto the journaling. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, just different parts of my life or people in my life have, you know, I guess encouraged me or yeah. made me think think like that. Yeah. 
I mean, it's quite interesting, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I think what a what a different place the world would be, right, if everyone was introspective, mm. you know. Yeah. Everyone wastes all this time throwing opinions at other mm. people when if we just did a bit more self-discovery, we might all be in a, in a better spot. Um, are you comfortable talking about the adver- your, your partner mm. passing away? So, yeah. like, 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 obviously I, I, in research, I didn't know, um, but I, in researching you, it came up. And so, like, you know, a lot of people listening may not know as well. Are you comfortable to share sort of what happened and your journey through it? Yeah. Um, it was, I was actually at netball training. Um, and so my partner had come up my partner at the time had come up from Timaru to spend the long weekend. And then so he headed home and then we had Lincoln Club training that night and we were actually at Villa in the gym. And I just, someone had sort of mentioned something, oh, there'd been a a crash on the Rakaia Bridge. And I was like, oh. And then I just got this gut feeling and I was like, something's not right. I just, I had to keep training, obviously. I was like, it might be all right, but I still just had this gut feeling something wasn't right. Um, and then sort of training finished and I grabbed my phone, like messages, messages, sent messages, um, got home, you know, was worried. Um, you know, this isn't like him, something's not right. Um, like calling, no answer, blah, blah, blah. Um kind of freaking out, (laughs) thinking something's not right, this isn't like him. Um, And then later that evening, the police turned up at our flat. Um, By that time, my parents had actually already been notified because the car he was using was his friends. And so the friends actually got contacted first um, and then my parents got called. So they were actually on their way up to Christchurch. Um, They were living in Timaru at the time. Um, yeah, it's honestly, I don't even know, just a wave of emotions, just massive emotion. Um, and then thankfully my parents were up because then I just went straight home with them, um, that night. Um, yeah, I remember driving over the Rakaia Bridge because I knew that that was where it had happened and I was like nearly jumping out of the car, to be honest. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah, I can't even describe it. Um, but once that had happened, um, yeah, I, it was kind of a blur. Like the rugby club down in Timaru were so supportive. Um, so my partner at the time, he was Samoan. So he his family were all over there. So there was just so much, I guess, to organise um, with regards to getting his body back home. Um, but yeah, I mean, my parents were amazing and my, and the rugby club were amazing as well because that was his sort of support and why he was here. Um, yeah, so it was definitely like, it's probably like the clearest thing that I remember. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was massive. And then we were actually supposed, we'd planned to go to Samoa that Christmas. Um, but yeah, it was sort of, it was actually quite soon. It was either this month or next month. I can't remember now, it's in my diary. <laughs> um, but yeah, went to Samoa, met his family. Um, yeah. 
What a crazy story. How, how old are you? you how must, old am I? When 33. No, when, when oh, happened, when so. it happened. I'm 17, 20. Yeah. That is a crazy thing to go through. Yeah. For, for anyone, right? Yeah. And then and then you got sick. So you, you Yeah, so I think when we went to Samoa, I don't know what happened, but I when I got home, I just got quite sick, like um almost like flu symptoms, but then it kind of just got really bad and then I was getting really weak and I just mum took me to Timaru Hospital because she's like, well, this something's not right. Like, yeah, I don't know what was going on. And then they put me in like this isolation room. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with me? Like I had no idea. Yeah. Like I just was could hardly move. Um, and then they transported me up to Christchurch Hospital um, in the ambulance and then just under just, yeah, heaps of tests um, and they found out that I had diphtheria, which I still don't really get what it is. It's kind of like, I think, a respiratory type disease, um, which we're actually vaccinated for in things when we're little. So it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't quite know how I got it. Did you get it in summer? Or? Well, they that's what they think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. so what did the, how do you treat recover from that? Um, well, I actually had a pacemaker at the time. <laughs> it's another story. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but because of the leads in my heart, they were getting infected because of this disease thing. Um, so they had to remove it so that everything could sort of heal itself and the infection would hopefully disappear. Um, yeah, so that got removed, um, but my heart valves were still, like, leaking blood, like, the wrong way sort of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I was on um, <laughs> I was on um, penicillin in, like, a drip for maybe, like, six weeks or so after. In the hospital? Um, no, nah, I think I was in hospital for maybe three weeks. Um. Yeah, all I can remember really was that my mum was just there the whole time, almost. Um, and it's funny, when I was sort of getting a little bit better, I had my first like outing from the hospital and we went to see a movie. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, I can't remember. But it was, um, I'm pretty sure I like pulled my calf muscle walking to the car because I hadn't done anything I'd just been lying down not been able to do anything for so long um yeah quite funny not funny but funny yeah um yeah so for about six weeks after that I had just this penicillin drip thing attached to me (laughs) my goodness and and this is um like I assume you're still grieving tremendously as well right because yeah I just I don't know like a yes and no, like it's a really hard thing and it's it's hard to say no, um, but at the same time I'm at peace with what's happened and it's still there as memories and still, you know, a special part of my life, but it's still not going to stop me from moving mm. forward mm. Um, and, and living my life now with Santana and yeah. Tia and yeah. 
Yeah, our life together. Yeah, but uh, so, so I, I didn't mean still grieving. Now I mean like oh, uh, I mean grieving like so I mean like you're in the hospital, like right, dealing right, right. dealing with diphtheria. Yes. You know, like this penicillin bag, and um, like all I'm saying is it's like mm, a it's massive. like a, it's like a piggyback of um of, <laughs> yes. of 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 adversity, right? You've got the the the, the death of a partner, um, mm. which is traumatic, mm. and then you've got the this illness on top of it. Yeah. Um. Like it sounds like your mum was a pretty stoic support through that. Yeah, yeah, she definitely was. And I like honestly can't remember the hospital that much. Like I remember, I know that the staff were amazing because um, I always remember mum would, I'd never let my mum touch my hair, wash my hair, but I'd let the nurses wash my hair. Um, yeah, just little things like that. But I was definitely like down and out, like there was – it was touch and go there for a little bit um, and I know mum and dad were just... What do you mean, touch and go? I just was very not well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was definitely not doing well at all. they thought um, you might die from Well, that. yeah, I don't know. It was quite... It was yeah, very serious. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, but, yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. How were you mentally through that in terms of like, um, you know, it's... It's a lot to deal with for a twenty-year-old, mm. you know, like the illness. Both those things combined. Like, were you? Like, you seem very. I don't know quite the word is, but you know, maybe stoic is the right word. You're sort of like, right, what's in front of me? Mm. What am I doing next? Is is that the sort of you mentioned before? Is that the sort of approach you took? Was like, cool, next day, next day, next day. Yeah, I think in hospital I was probably so like that, like just yeah. the that I probably was. It wasn't. Uh, I couldn't do much about anything. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I probably would have just slept a lot. Yeah. Um, and it would have just been like a blur, yeah. um, to be honest. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the pacemaker, like just throw that in there as well. Yes. Like I actually meant to ask that earlier down. You, at high school you got that. Mm. So when I was 17, I... Um, I think I, all I was, I was just getting quite dizzy and quite often when I was walking and I was feeling like I was going to black out almost and I was like, I just have to sit down. Um, so they ended up putting this halter monitor thing on me and I'd just have to wear it for, say, three or four weeks and it would just record my heart rate through everything I was doing. Um, and I guess what come from that was that my heart was sort of stopping up to eight seconds at a time and so that was what was causing me to get dizzy and almost fainting and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, then they decided to put a pacemaker in. <laughs> and so I think yeah. you're, you're a high schooler. You must be yes, six, that was 16 my last year at high, yeah. high school. And you get a pacemaker. Yeah. Yeah, and that stays in there until... Until I had to get it removed. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. three years. Yeah, and then, like, has that ceased now? Yeah. Like that, that issue? so I'm actually gutted. <laughs> gutted <laughs> that I got it in the first place or else I've just grown out of whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I have a low heart rate, mm-hmm. but I've been cleared from like medically now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no more checkups and things. Yeah, yeah. Just good to go. Yeah, you, watching you play netball, you certainly wouldn't think that you've got a heart <laughs> problem, right? No, no. Well, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've obviously also, you know, as a result of what you do for a job, you know, there's been a number of like – Injuries. I know you've had ankle surgery mm. and bits and pieces. Like, 
what's that like being a professional? Like if I hurt my ankle, right, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, maybe I can't do something for a week but <laughs> I can still make a little thing and I put my ankle up yeah. and, I, and I go back to work, right? Like when, when your job is literally using your body, mm. you know, like what's that been like, the journey through? Because you've had, and I think most people haven't, professional sports people have had a journey through injuries. What's mm. that been like for you? Yeah, injuries are the pits, man. Um, I just hate getting them. Um, the I think I've been quite lucky in the fact that, yes, I've hurt my ankle. Like I've rolled it numerous times. Um, so I ended up having only like one ligament left in my left ankle, but I, it wasn't like stopping me. Yeah, it was sore, but you can kind of just tape it up and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um which is really good, unlike some other injuries that actually put you out. So I think I've been quite blessed in that sense of I've actually been touch wood, mm-hmm. quite lucky. Um, and my surgery was more around when the timing of when I could get it so I could actually hold off yeah. and get it at a certain point. So I think I've been really lucky in that space. Um, yeah, currently I've got a stress reaction, so not quite a fracture um, in my fibula. So that's been um, like managed load for me, pretty much on the bike all week, swimming all week, and then just play the games um, for like the last month. Mm -hmm. And I've only been sort of allowed an hour on court each time. So it's been more the frustration's been there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I guess the frustration with it being bone, you actually can't measure it. You can't really tell. You know, you get an MRI and you can tell that, yes, it's – it's um, inflamed, it's angry, it's it's not happy, but there's no fracture there as such, but you don't know when it could happen. Yeah. So um, I guess I was definitely very frustrated. Um, I think once I'd made a plan with, like, all the support staff, then in my head I was like, okay, I just have to accept it because that's just what it is. Um, I was like, yeah, I could be frustrated and just get hohai all the time. But I, I don't know. It's just not me. Yeah. I like once I've got a plan, I'm all right. Um, yeah. So I think I just accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, like it must be, it must be bizarre because you know I, again I was listening to that thing that podcast yesterday with Sylvia Reese who's who's done his knee this year year of the World Cup mm. and he's out for the mm. season and you know when you are injured what is like. I agree with having a plan because I don't know if you know, I went through, I had an accident, broke both my kneecaps and oh, was in a wheelchair and stuff for a long time and um, and I was the same with the plan, right? Like I was yeah. just like felt lost, I don't know what's going on. But as soon as the as soon as they come along, they're like, this is what we're going to do and this mm-hmm. is how you're going to do it and this is when you're going to do it and this is the target date. Mm. Mentally you feel a lot better, right? Mm. You're just like, right, cool. And and by listening to you, I kind of think you might, might be slightly similar. You're like, oh, I've got something I can work on now. Like mm. I can put my energy into something like that's going to contribute to my rehabilitation. Mm. And, um, you know, what was it like, like mentally, not, not mentally as in like, like it must be a like what do you do like mm. when you're injured like like are you still like you've 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 been pretty lucky and your your ankle injuries you've been able to train a little bit but like are you literally like I said if I broke my ankle mm. I can still sit at a desk and type on my computer yeah. like are you are they literally like right just don't do anything for four weeks and we'll talk to you then yeah I'm. It just like depends. So with this, because we had a plan, I could still do things, mm-hmm. which was really good. Um, I think when I had surgery, um, 
I probably did too much too soon, <laughs> like taking the dog for a walk and yeah. things <laughs> the next day, which I really shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, for me, I don't know. Like I, I'm okay at relaxing and not doing some, doing things as well. So for me, it, I just found that time to relax. Um, yeah, mentally I'm not, I touch wood, I'm, I'm not someone who's gotten down and out too much. Um, I probably went through, so it's called like, I don't know, there's a word for it, but after like pinnacle events, you sort of come down off this big high. Mm -hmm. And for me, going into World Cup, we actually had these meetings and they talked about that. But I was like, oh, like, that's weird. Like, I'm going to be coming home. And they're like, you sure you don't want to book a trip and have something to look forward to? I was like, I'm going to look forward to coming home. Like, I see my partner, blah, blah, mm. blah. But, yeah, I got home and I just had nothing. It's almost like everything had just stopped. And I was like, what do I do with myself? I wasn't even injured. Mm. I just didn't know what to do. Really? And I was like, yeah, it was probably for a couple of weeks. I was like, this, is, this must be what they're talking about. Like, mm. this post whatever blues or something. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was quite an interesting time. Yeah. Um, but injury-wise, yeah, honestly, like I think because outside of netball I'm also so busy, mm. it keeps me occupied. Yeah. So I can't actually sit and think about it very much. Yeah. Um, but also on the flip side, like it was a massive opportunity for Kate to get court time and, you know, prove her ability and go really well. And so I just had to support her. Like there's no point in me being angry, not being on court, yeah. but actually just supporting the girls and how can I actually add value to to this situation and not just be a down yeah. buzz, sit on the bench and not add anything. Yeah. What a great way to think about it. Like yeah. it makes sense when you say it, but like, yeah. you know, that's such a good way. And, and that I've, I've never heard that sort of, you know, what you call that post sort of post-pinnacle you know, blues or something. Yeah, There's yeah, a word for it, is, it, a name for what it. What an interesting thing. Because I think that's like like that that's the downfall of a lot of like um, you know, musicians, rock stars. Like, you know, you think you have this, yeah, this this, you know, these huge events that you you play and then all of a sudden you go back to your home and mm. like and I think that's where, you know, the a lot of people that don't have the support end up getting into things that aren't helpful, mm. you know, drugs, alcohol. Mm. It's like, what do I do? Like, how do I try and replicate that feeling that I, I experienced then yes. um, more often? Um, yeah, quite a you, – you wouldn't think about it, would you? Like going no. into it, you're all focused on the event and then you're like, oh. Well, yeah, the aftermath. <laughs> I'm sitting by myself on my couch and yeah. the dog doesn't care and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Do you think about life after netball at all? Yeah. Uh, do I? Yes and no. Yeah. So at the moment, it's been quite a big piece. Um, like, because obviously we've had a daughter, so I had to, I guess that was a big decision for me. Um, like when to actually, because obviously for a female athlete, you you have to commit to having a season off pretty much if you're going to have a child. Um and we know, I guess, as an athlete, you're only playing sport for such a short time. It's a really hard decision to make. Mm. Um, so I guess once we decided about having a child, that was like, I don't know, that was massive. Um, down the track, I guess that'll be another thing. We'd like to have another child. Like mm. when would that happen? Who knows? 
Um, but at the moment, we've actually just decided that we're going to spend next year learning Māori, um, Santana and I, up in Ōtaki. Mm-hmm. So we're going to shift um, up to Wellington and with his family and, yeah, do that next year. Wow. So that's like part of our journey, not mm. like after netball, but also that might help us mm. or help me once netball's finished, mm. add another string to my bow, um, either with my teaching, relieving, mm. or something else that might pop up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's sort of an interesting one, isn't it? Because you sort of, it's kind of the same we talked about before, you want to be able to put everything into what you're doing right mm. now, but at the same time you've got to be pragmatic and practical and realise that, you know, at some stage you're not going to be able to play, yeah. you know, world-class netball, you know, your yeah. entire life, right? Someone um, younger is going to come along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like you came along yeah. with someone else probably at some stage. Yeah. Um, the the Having a baby is an interesting thing and I would like to talk that a little bit because that was a mm. question I had, you know, because it is a really different thing for a female athlete, you know, like <laughs> yeah, the reference to the podcast I listened to yesterday, <laughs> yeah. but like literally they had a baby and the day after he left for eight weeks to play with the All Blacks. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, the, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the difference of, and, and, you know, he was able to play up until, you know, t- two days before that, you know, like, whereas yeah. for a female, obviously it's a lot different, you know, uh, yeah. and and from what you said, obviously it's it's, it's a careful consideration mm. of, 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 you know, is this you know, what we want to do and is the time right now and you kind of, like, is it? Do you take a risk? Is it a risk as well? Thinking like, hey, look, I might not be able to get back to mm. where oh, I 100%, am now. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Well, not funny. Um, once we decided, yet yeah, let's start trying. Um, and I, because I'm quite a planner, I was like, okay, looked at all the schedules. Com Games was coming up the following year. I was like, do I? Okay, if I have baby, if I'm pregnant <laughs> around about now, it should give me enough time have baby, come back, and then I'll be able to play comp games. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good plan. (laughs) Obviously, um, having a baby doesn't work like that. (laughs) Um, Got pregnant, though, but then had a miscarriage. So, yeah, shit happens, and I know it happens to a lot of people. Um, And, again, so it's quite funny because – we were in Nelson one week before because I was during this was during our ANZ season, and I was just real hungry and I knew I was pregnant at the time and I ordered um, a pizza the night before a game because I just didn't was didn't cut it I was just starving, and then the coach comes in she's like oh like just having a chat about something and then I was like oh yeah I just had a pizza like I was just hungry um you know there wasn't quite enough dinner for me <laughs> she's like oh you're not pregnant are you I was like no don't be silly. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, But anyway, so a few weeks, it must have been a few weeks later, um, we had another game in Nelson. And at like, say, four in the morning, I this is when I had my miscarriage. And then I was like, we were pretty much on a plane that morning at seven, flew up with the girls. We played the next day and then come home. And like, that was massive. Um, Luckily, at the time, my really good friend was my roommate, so that made it really easy for me, but mm. none of the other girls or staff or anyone knew. Like, mm. I didn't want to tell anyone. I was just probably real standoffish. Um, I was. Like, at the airport, like, everyone wanted to talk to me. I was like, nah, like, I just, like, isolated myself. I just, yeah, that was just a really 
a hard space to mm. be in. But yeah, real thankful that my one of my best friends was in the team with us and like yeah, having yeah. her support there was was really good with that. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, so that's another wee one. Um, but then when we did get pregnant again with Tia, uh, it meant that I was going to miss com games. So the timing was not right for that kind of stuff. But I think once I had accepted that it's just going to happen when it happens and when the time is right, I think that's when we actually got pregnant and I was probably less stressed about it mm. and and not even you know, thinking about it. Um, but also netball-wise, I was like, well, we're not going to stop trying. Like if I make it and we don't make com games, then that's that's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, a conundrum that, you know, <laughs> not many people have to make or mm. deal with, right? You know, like obviously male athletes don't, but mm. a lot of normal people don't in their day-to-day lives, you know, like they're sort of – I don't think many people try and – Maybe some people don't plan their pregnancy around, you know, <laughs> work or holidays yeah. or anything. Like, but I guess it's um, it's all part and parcel. Like. Mm. And then, um, you know, tell me about becoming a mum and, mm-hmm. and how that's sort of been for you. Yeah, it's been cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love being a mum. I'm. It's definitely like you can't even describe it to someone else, really. Um. Like before I thought I was so, so busy, but now I'm like, what? (laughs) How am I doing this? Um, Yeah. Like I look at the girls and they're like saying they might be busy and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but when you go home, you can actually switch off. Um, But when you're a mum, you can't until they're in bed. And even then they're probably going to wake up in the night. Um, Yeah, it's hard work. It's definitely hard work, but it's the most rewarding thing. Um, I've definitely had to be very organized, um, but I've also become way more flexible now. I used to be very like, don't be late, you can't do this. You know, you've got to be like my expectations of everything, like professionally as an athlete, I was quite staunch and strict. Um, And I'd be like that on myself as well. Um, but I'd also enforce that on other, others. And so now that this sort of happened this year, I was like, oh, my God. Like I dropped here off at daycare, say, at 8, and then training would start at 8.30, and I'd literally get there like 8.27, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like stressed because I'm nearly late, stressed because I'm not quite ready to go, and I'm like, oh, man, this is just, yeah, it was really hard. So for me, well, luckily the team were real flexible. Um just pushing our schedule back, you know, 15 minutes just to give me that space to breathe, um, to actually be on time. Um, and it suited a couple of the others, which was really amazing. But um, So they pushed the whole yeah. the whole team schedule back? Oh, 15 minutes, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't a biggie, yeah. really. But, yeah, yeah, a lot of workplaces wouldn't do that. No, you know, you yeah. can't um, be as flexible. So, yeah. yeah, I guess I'm just really grateful that mm. our environment is so friendly, you know, family-friendly. Yeah. Um, and it's been has real to be, accepting. Right? accepting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's been a few times where Tia's had to come to training. For example, if Tia's yeah. got away, or I've seen photos of or whatever on the <laughs> side of the court. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and you've taken her to games and stuff as well. Yeah, she's been to a few games. The yeah. seven o'clock games are quite hard, but yeah. no, she comes along. Yeah, you know, I, I think the the time thing's interesting, right? Because you sort of, you know, you always think you're at capacity, right? And then something <laughs> happens, and a child is a great 
example of that because <laughs> yeah. instantly there's no other option, right? Like you just have to, you can't not do things. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if I was as productive as I think I am now with two children yeah. when I was like 20, like, gosh, I would have, but, yeah, you know, like how much stuff <laughs> yeah. you've got to fit in. But it's an, I'm very similar to you and I'm very structured. I really like routine and it's sort of like I hate being late and I'm always really sort of like mm. quite orderly. You know, I like things being tidy and, and, and um, but that kids don't care about that, right? <laughs> you know, like they don't care and yeah. it's, it's trying to balance that and it sounds like you've done it well where you sort of it's a, it's an inner game it's an it's a it's an inner game rather than anything external right it's about trying to understand that your primary role is to be a good parent or role model to them and they don't care if you're three minutes late or you know if the house is a bit messy yeah. or the lawns aren't mowed yeah. or they just want you right and mm. it's trying to sort of recognize that and then adjust the way that you see the world, mm. I think, a little bit. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing, time with them is just so special. I remember seeing something and it was um, it was like a video on Facebook or something of this, you know, mum or dad, like, sitting on their phone and their kids just playing right next door, you know, wanting their attention but, like, glued to your phone. Um, and it just made me realise how that time with them is so special. And like the dishes, they can wait five minutes, you know, they can wait till they go to bed. Um, but I guess that's what I'm really grateful to, though, is Santana as well, like him being able to, you know, sharing it with him and sharing time with him, you know, it gives us both a little break as well, which mm -hmm. is real nice. Um, so I can maybe do the dishes when he yeah. can sort baby and do bath or yeah. something like that. So we're both getting that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is a, um, you know, the the we're so distracted, right? Mm. You know, and um, particularly like phones and devices, mm. right? It just lethal and... Um, you know, my oldest daughter's four now, you know, and, and she'll actually ask now, she'll be like, why do you have to do that? And you're right. Oh. And you're like, you're dead right. Like, I don't Good have Christian, to do that, yeah. you know? Like, you know, there's, <laughs> yeah. and it's, um, but when you're busy, ambitious, trying to do something, it's sort of, you're trying to balance that all, right? You know, trying mm. to be present and available and connected mm. with your kids, but also, you know, working hard to provide a, a life that, Mm. Yeah, you think that you can for the for the family. It's a tough. It is a tough balance, but kids are a great. Um, you know, kids are always present, right? Mm. And that's yeah. the good. Kids and animals. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I remember I um, I don't want to call her a hippie, but you know, when we lived in Greece, there was this lady that worked on the beach, and she used to always say that animals and kids have this amazing capacity to be in the present and nowhere else. Mm. You know, like a, a dog, when they're in front of you, they don't yeah. care about anything, <laughs> right? They're just like, right now, yeah. like, what are we doing? Like, is anything on? Because I'm into it, yeah. you know, and as adults, I think that's one of our flaws, right? We sort of, we get too caught up in what's going to happen in the future or what yep. happened in the past. and Definitely. But, yeah. Yeah, I've had to... Um, I think what I've also had to do, because I think with being an athlete and not having a nine-to-five job is your job doesn't really stop. And so all those things like you might do your emails during the day normally, 
Well, the time that I do my admin is actually when baby goes to bed, <laughs> when I've got time yeah. then. But then at the same time, I want to spend time with Santana. So it's like that's time as well after that. Mm-hmm. So it's all, yeah, just about fitting it in, but making yeah. sure that you've actually got time for everything. everything. Yeah. Mm. Balance, right? Yeah. And the same thing, like it's not a cautionary tale, but the same thing happened, you know, when you say, what did I do with my time? Mm. Then we had a second daughter <laughs> and then we were like, oh, my God, now there's like one each. And, like, yeah. and um, you know, I'm sure you guys will manage that better than us. But, you know, like it's sort of like the same, to us at least the same thing happened. We were like, well, you know, like, Gosh, we did all that free time we had when we only had one. Yeah. But um, yeah, a journey, children, eh? Yeah. How fun. Yeah. Um, World Cup is a couple of months away. Mm. Like I don't think the team's publicly announced yet. I think it's next no, week. 7th of June. Yeah, yeah. I'm not asking you if you know, but like like is No, I don't like, know. Yeah, though. so you literally you literally don't know until <laughs> no, like no one knows. until next week. Yeah. So do you find out we get a phone call um, the morning of the 7th yeah. and then it will be publicly announced later yeah. in that day. Yeah. So do you get a phone call if you haven't made it as well? Yep. Oh, they yeah. Doing? And yep. you can choose whether you answer it or not. They'll just leave a message if you don't answer it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you say, is that like, I know, now that I feel like I know you, you probably don't get <laughs> nervous fine. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, do I get nervous? I Maybe nervous isn't right, the right word, but I'd, I'm still like – Waiting, I guess. Excited, on edge. Sort yeah, of. but at the same time, like there's a window of time where they'll call us, but I feel like I've got a gym session then, so I'm probably going to be doing my gym session, you know, so I might not think about it. Um, yeah. But I can imagine like there'll be definitely girls that'll be like sitting next to their phone yeah. or not wanting to answer their <laughs> yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mixed emotions for everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you're excited about that, the opportunity to Yeah, the that. opportunity, definitely. Yeah. I'd love to um, be a part of it, especially the fact that we've got an opportunity to win back-to-back, mm. um, which we've never done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, that's a cool. And it's in South Africa, mm. right? Yeah. And so will your family come with you? Yeah, yep, if I make it, they will. Yeah, yeah yep, definitely. Um. Is it a long tournament? Like, is it like, do you over there for like seven or eight weeks or something? Or? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no way. So I think the schedule, um, the departure date is like the 20th of July. Mm-hmm. And then we've, say, got about a week as a camp mm-hmm. um, somewhere. And then the tournament is pretty much like eight games in 10 days. Oh, wow. And then you go home. Wow, really? Yeah. Sorry, very naive of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't I'll, get paid that much to go for that long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I was just thinking like yeah. I've been to a Rugby World Cup before, you, yeah, know, and right. I, you know, and they last like, you know, seven or eight yes. weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah apologies. Very, very <laughs> naive. Um, and so like do you – What? how do you – what's your mind like now about like – you know, you you could next week on with seventh, what is Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah. Like, you could get a phone call, and it could it, it's going to completely, uh, you know, it's almost like a sliding door thing for your next couple of months of your yeah, life, right? Yeah. So, like, if it doesn't happen, like, do you know what you're going to do? Yeah. Like, wow. Good question. Um. Uh. In my head, I've actually planned to go. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if I didn't go, mm-hmm. then I'll still have to be doing training anyway. Yeah. I guess our year of training never really stops. Yeah. Um. Like I've had my week or two off. Um. Now, so mm-hmm. I'm already back into it, regardless of if I go or not. Yeah. Um. You know, contracting's happening for next year. Mm-hmm. Um. So sorting out that piece. Mm-hmm. Um. And then yeah, that's. 
It'll just be a bit of time, to be honest, yeah. um, for me, which will be nice, spending yeah. it with baby and taking hour for walks. Yeah. Yeah. Again, a, a, a bizarre thing, like normal for you, right? But for yes. like someone like me or most yeah. 99.9% of people listening mm. are going to think about that and go like, that's crazy. You know, yeah. like you're going to get a phone call on Wednesday and- It determines uh, what you're doing. <laughs> for months, yeah. you know, like, and yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a bizarre thing. But again, just a part of your world, right? Mm. That's sort of what you're used to and probably yeah. all you know almost. Yeah, yeah. You know? Definitely used to it now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Vet. Oh, well, exciting. I, um, you know, I, I've, I, I like your the way you said that. You know, like I'm planning to go. Like that's the way to be, right? Yeah. You know, like, wow. Well, if you don't, being... then you're probably not going to pack your bags, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, an exciting opportunity back to back. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, uh, cool. cool. What was it like winning that last time? Yeah, it was very cool. And I think the group of people as well was real special. Yeah. Um, and one thing I remember Noel saying was it was in like a meeting or something before we, you know, went into the arena and things. And she said, just enjoy it and actually look at your fans, look at the people in the crowd because that's why you're here, to actually enjoy it. Like the result's going to happen either way. Um, like we're going to put our best foot forward um, and you, but you can't control that. Um, so it, I literally, every time I walked out to that stadium, I like just looked around and just saw the crowd and it was just like a, this is cool. Like they're all here screaming. Like we were in England, just so, so loud, especially like our semi-final against England was just insane. Like the noise, um, and that pretty much banked on winning the world cup. Um, so they were just massive, you know. Mm. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was very cool. That's kind of like a great metaphor for life, right? Almost, you know, like yeah. enjoy it because yeah, you know, true. like exactly, like, rather than just trying to focus on the end result. I heard a really good analogy the other day that was like you kind of have to treat living kind of like a song. Like listen to a song is not about getting to the end, right? Just enjoy it. It's about enjoying it while it's happening. Yeah. And that, that advice you've been given then is kind of the same. Yeah. Like the result will end up being what it's being, but the mm. the way you feel and experience the moment is ultimately mm. the the primary um, focus. Or yeah. I think since having baby, I've definitely done that more in life and in netball. Like even my joy for netball again has like reignited because it's actually enjoying the girls, enjoying the time I'm actually playing, like because sometimes I can't get on the court, you mm. know. So, yeah, just making the most of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you talked about moving to Wellington next year. Does that yeah. mean like you're going to play for them, or were you not necessarily? necessarily yeah. yeah, yeah. Still to be yeah, TVC. Yeah, okay. yeah, TVC. TVC. Yeah. I'll let you know in about a week or so. Oh, cool. Well, that's, that, that's, ex <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, but yeah, exciting. Um, just to be able to, I think, exciting for our family. So then, obviously, Tia can speak Māori because mm. I cannot speak it right now. I'm mm. not very good. So I'm massively nervous yeah. um, for the challenge ahead next year. Yeah. Like, I've never learned a language Yeah, um, going in with, like, nothing. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be and, scary. And so the, the reason to move to Wellington is because Santana's family all speak Māori, do they? Um, not fully, no. Not fully. No, but the – so in Ōtaki, Tawananga Orokawa – is based in Ōtaki, and that's where we'll do our full immersion course. Oh wow! Yeah. So you've, you've, that's the idea, full immersion. Yeah, nine to uh, what is it? Nine to three, Monday to Thursday. Wow! Yeah. How long does that go for? March to November. Wow. Mm. I know. Scary. What a cool thing, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. I am, but yeah, yeah I'm definitely nervous. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's cool though, right? That's the idea of life, I think, is to constantly do those things that yeah, make you a little, bit, there, yeah, eh? a little bit anxious. And yeah. it's, you're, only, you're only anxious because it's, it's new and exciting and yeah. it, you care about it. And um, oh, what a cool thing. Yeah. What a cool thing to do. <laughs> um, and my next question was sort of like, what's next? You know, like you've sort of, you talked about sort of going this next year in Wellington, you've got mm. the World Cup in the month. Um, you know, do you, do you think much further ahead of that? You know, um, like, I've sort of like I always ask myself the question. I'm like, how long will I play netball for? But it, I've never got an answer. Um, internationally, that's also different to ANZ. Like, probably can play ANZ longer than you play internationally. Um, but also, you don't want to be going out because you're not good anymore. I'd rather go out on a high. Um, I think that's really special to be able to do that mm-hmm. um, on your own terms. So, yeah, who knows? Honestly, even going back to teaching, I don't even know. I'm not even registered anymore. <laughs> um, maybe some relieving, um, but also this Māori might open up some mm. doors. So, yeah, I'm just, I'll just wait and see. Yeah. That's a cool way to know. be. All right. and yeah. There's lots of opportunity there. And I think that, um, hey, look, and certainly in the, in the, in the, in, yeah. A short and medium term, you've got a brilliant career in front of you. you have netball, mm. and you, I guess you, you is that your plan to sort of play that as long as you can, and that's sort of stepping yeah. out like the Richie McCaw, right? You're sort of like leaving when yeah. everyone still loves you, and you're, yeah, you know, I think that's sort the of way plan? to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? I'm definitely. I think from everything that's happened in my life, I'm not a long term planner as mm. such now. Yeah. Um, just sort of what's happening in front of me, what's happening till the end of the year, and maybe next year. And then reassess. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, partway through next year, see what things are like, reassess. Yeah. 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 I think too, because our netball contracts are only yearly, you can't plan that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really allow you to. And the the type of contracts we have, you know, you, it's very rare to get a two-year contract or a three-year contract. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're just forced to stay pretty flexible and yeah. open-minded. and Yeah. Um, Totally. Yeah, and that's probably something to get used to as well. You know, mm. that's probably not, you know, not many people live like that. You no. know, not like sort of <laughs> one year at a time. But um, it seems to, you know, from talking to you now, it sort of seems like that's kind of the way you are. Yeah. You know, you're, you're quite sort of <laughs> free, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's a great way to be. Um, what are you most proud of? You know, like, and I ask this really broadly, you know, yeah. there's next couple of questions I ask to everyone. And like, it might be, you know, something in netball, it might be something to do with family, it might mm. be, it could be anything. But, you know, you've certainly done a lot. You know, you look at those accomplishments that I listed before, mm. there's some significant things there that I- anyone would be really proud of. And, you know, is there something that stands out to you when you look back at all now? Um, probably having Tia. I think that's just so special. Um, like you actually, I just sometimes I'll look at her, I'm like, how did we even make you? Like this is just so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way she will look at us and love us and want us is really special as well. So to be able to be there for her, um, yeah, that's probably mine, my yeah. freshest one at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Nah, so the, the, the relationship you, the opportunity to have the relationship that you do yeah. with a child is 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 incredible, yeah, right? You is. sort of... You think you love someone or something, yeah. and or then your you dog, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get a baby, yeah, yeah. and you're like, dog who? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I still love her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now we're the same, but mm-hmm. um, 
A lot of people say kids, you know, like to yeah. that question. And it's, um, I think that someone actually messaged me the other day and said they'd binged a whole lot of these episodes. And they said it was interesting that everyone still found the same stuff important, regardless whether you're an international netball player, mm. or a, a successful business person, or, um, you know, whatever it is, everyone sort of, you know, being fit and healthy, strong, being, you know, sound of mind, mm. um, f- love, you know, having love and being loved, um, spending time with kids, having children, watching mm. them grow up. You know, it's sort of one of those universal things that sort of defies or as, as happens regardless of your, you know, career you do, or life yeah. stage. Or, yeah. It's almost like the guide to life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These yeah. things, what actually matters. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, certainly. There's a guy called um, Dr. Fred Gross, and he he was like a, um, a, a psychiatrist and a Zen monk and all these interesting things, and he did a PhD on the meaning of life. Yeah. And so um, – and how he did that is he went and interviewed thousands of people in the last stages of their life mm. and said, what was the most important thing in your life? You know, what, what's really? the most memorable? What did you enjoy the most? What do you reflect back on as being the best part of your life? And, um, you know, what do you think everyone said? You know, like family and time and, you know, being healthy and, you know, holidays and special moments and celebrations and, you know, no one says, you know, working 90 hours or, you know, like there's there's some (laughs) element of that. But, you know, and the I guess the lesson that he talks about in his book is like, well, let's try and reverse engineer that, right? If you know you're going to get to the end of the life and the things that you're going to remember and be proud of and have enjoyed the most are going to be, these things, mm. let's prioritize, prioritize them. them now. Mm. And not always easy because you get caught up in the moment, right? Yeah, the rat race, yeah. working yeah. working to pay rent, working to live, not yeah. living to work. Yeah. yeah. And also, and, and and kids do the same thing to you as well, right? You know, like it's a <laughs> lot, you're like just trying to go Busy. out the door and you're like changing nappies <laughs> and like this and then yeah. like you finally get in your, your time to go and you turn back around and they've got your crown out and they're drawing on the walls or something. You're like, oh, really just, you know, yeah. you get so caught up in the, in the day-to-day stuff, yeah, but yeah. it's the big picture stuff. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Nice. Um, uh, the last question I ask everyone is what do you wish everyone knew? You know, and the, the idea of this question is sort of like, you know, if everyone could mm. understand something and you think it would make their – life, world, you know, it might be a sports person, it might be a, you know, is there something that, you know, you've been mm. through a hell of a journey, <laughs> you know, and out of a journey like yours comes wisdom, you know, whether you, mm. you know, recognise it or not, you know, is there something that you wish lots of people knew? There's probably heaps. And it's, yeah, like I'm not perfect by all, like at all, um, but I feel like, if there was no judgment of others, I think that would be really cool. Like everyone's got their own stories, their own shit going on, um, and you don't know until you talk to them and understand them. You just don't know. Um, yeah, so don't judge and just be kind. Be kind to others and always have a plan B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good advice. Yeah. Um but mind you, you did say a good one about just enjoying the moment. 
and not getting caught up. So there's probably about four there yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's lots. It's yeah. just interesting to see. Hey, well, look, I'm really grateful for you making the time. That's an hour and a half. Like it sort of flies by. When, <laughs> it did. When, yeah, when this stuff happens. And, um, you know, I know you've got a busy schedule and, um, you know, you've got a daughter and, and lots of other <laughs> things going on. So I appreciate, really do appreciate you making the time. And, like, I know lots of people will listen to this. Um, and I think, you know, the idea of a podcast is that we have a long-form conversation, an hour and a half, right? And so people will know you because of snippets. You know, they've seen you on court. But the idea of this is to, you know, like, you know, I've learned so much about you that I didn't even know, you know. And, um, you know, I think that you've, you know, you've been through some some tough times, but, you know, you've, you've, you have a, a, a really amicable and inspirational sort of view on the world, I think. And it's, it's probably that that's, you know, one of the factors that's helped you be so successful in, in, in your pursuit and your sport. But it's a, it's, it's a cool thing for people to hear and certainly for me to hear about, um, you know, the way you look at the world. And I think that people will listen to this and, and be inspired regardless. So I, I really appreciate you making the time and, and I guess so does everyone listening. And um, we're excited for – this will probably come out after next Wednesday. So um, by then hopefully we've heard that you are heading off to the World Cup. <laughs> Fingers but, crossed. Uh, yeah, we wish you all the best for that. And um, I look forward to you know seeing the rest of your, your journey unfold. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It's been nice reminiscing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, like I say this to a lot of people, but like when was the last time you sat down with someone for an hour and a half yeah. and 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 had a conversation that you didn't check your phone or... Yeah, I can't remember. The baby didn't grab, yeah. your, grab, grab your ankle or the yeah. dog didn't come in. That's no, um, Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks, awesome. Jane. No, thank you. Wow, Jane Watson, what an amazing person she is. That was, um, again, I say this every time, it was different to what I expected, but I don't know what I expected. She's a, um, you know, incredibly thoughtful person, obviously very talented and skillful uh, as an athlete, but, um, you know, an amazing person off the court as well, an amazing mum, and, um, you know, I really enjoyed getting to spend some time with her today. So a huge thank you to Jane for making the time to come and chat today, and obviously a huge thank you to you as well for checking out the Road to Success podcast. I know I say this all the time, but I just love getting to sit down and have conversations with people just like Jane, and the only reason I get to do that is because people like you listen. So thank you so much for checking it out. Um, If you could do one favour for me, please, that would be to jump on to Spotify and leave a five-star review for the podcast. I think as I record this, I've got 30 reviews. I don't know if that's probably not very many, but look, every review means a lot. So if you could jump on and do that, that would be very much appreciated. Thank you again to Jane for taking the time. Thank you to you for listening. Until next time, love you. See ya. Bye.